0: worker of yours. Good
1: morning. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's 1008 WTIC News Talk. 1080. This is the Will Morati Show. Your host, Will Morati. Legendary Joey Burgoyne filling in for Matt Sorice today. And uh, good to have Joey as always. Waiting for your calls today, 800-966-9842, 860 9842 we got Chris Powell on the line. And uh, we'll take Chris. And I just want to give a shout-out to the AIM Enquirer this morning. Down a little bit, numbers down a little bit. Kevin S., Angelo A., Lonnie Moe, Carol J., Donna R., Todd P., Simon L., Tom B., Carol L., the infamous WBD <laughs> on Twitter, uh, Rudy, Gigi, Tom B., and I think I think Tom B. and Marlene B. are connected. Uh, uh, Marlene B., I'm not sure, but maybe. Michelle F., Mark, and there's two Tom Bs today, which is interesting. Uh, uh, Mar- Michelle F., Mark M., uh, so far for amens. You may submit your comments, amens, on social media, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, same handle, all, all four counts, at... Will um, You know, the, the Department of Children and Families has always been a uh, tough place to work. I, you know, as a pastor, I've had a number of interactions with them over the years. Um, I would say mostly positive, a couple of negatives. Uh, I'm a mandated reporter, so a couple of times I've, I've actually had to exercise that responsibility. Um, but they've been under control, outside control for a long time. Uh, a a lot of problems, uh, a lot of mismanagement, a lot of, uh, um, federal court supervision goes all the way back to the eighties. I think anyway, Chris, Chris has written on this recently title of the article, uh, DCF is fixed in only 32 years. Okay. I didn't know it was that long. A disaster in education. Join us now, the former managing editor of Journal Inquirer, the one and only Chris Powell. Chris, welcome to the show.
2: Hey, well, great to be with you.
1: Um, let, let's talk about this a little bit. I know it was a few days ago when you published this uh, this this piece, but um, I'm very interested in, in DCF because, again, I've had interaction with them. Uh, we have a daycare, and occasionally it, it, it intersects with, with with those folks. Um, why was it under government uh oversight and why was it over under government oversight for so long
2: well it, it was under uh the federal courts oversight Be because uh <laughs> starting i don't know 32 years or so ago uh, some uh social work type people sued because the department was doing a terrible job and i could not uh dispute that i had uh some pretty intimate experience with dcf cases uh back in uh i think the late 70s uh, early 80s uh some you know, horror stories that developed in uh, my newspaper circulation area and uh i just uh, saw police reports and <clears throat> saw that uh, the uh, department was not only uh, incompetent uh, they were lying about what uh, happened i uh, remember meetings with two particular commissioners uh, who were morons, I'm afraid, and, and lying morons at, uh, at that. And, uh, you know, so I had to uh, uh, accept that the uh, the lawsuit was uh, was well-grounded. I, I did resent that uh, the department itself facilitated the lawsuit. It wanted to get under federal court supervision so it could get more money. It uh, really what? was, you know, playing on the other side of the... They the wanted...
1: Street, federal court intervention
2: yeah the the uh just before the lawsuit was brought the uh the department granted special access to a hartford current reporter which was contrary to uh to law and uh let her examine some particular cases and she had access to uh identities of uh you know both the uh, Social workers and the uh, the kids and the families involved in investigations. Oh gosh. She, she wrote she wrote a series of stories about all the difficulties and problems that the uh, uh, that the department had. When I asked for the same access for my newspaper, I was yeah. uh, denied. So the the department really helped wow. set up the lawsuit against itself, uh, and I, I resented that. On the other hand, I had to accept that. The department uh, was not well managed, and uh, it was, you know, probably understaffed uh, as well. Um, the uh, state agreed to let the federal court uh, supervise the department, and for you know thirty years, the federal court did supervise the department. And every time uh, the department did something, the uh, federal court could weigh in on it. And. It was usually uh a matter of staffing no you 're not doing uh, you know enough here and you 're not doing enough there but now uh according to the uh, federal court monitor uh the uh, department is doing much better there's uh much more attention to partic- particular cases the department social workers uh have uh fewer cases to uh to to monitor uh, <clears throat> there's uh better results uh, there's uh uh, very few placements of, of troubled uh, kids out of state. Uh, most kids who have to be uh, resettled uh, away from a, a, a dangerous home are are placed with uh, relatives or friends of the uh, the family. Uh, all the measures that the the court and the department itself were were, were using are, are much improved, and I think we can be. We can be very uh, grateful for that the so the federal supervision has uh has ended and uh everybody's trusting the uh legislature to continue to appropriate for the the department so that the uh social worker burden is uh is not as high as it was uh decades ago mm-hmm. um and uh uh you know look i <laughs> I, I I can pound on the uh, department as as well as uh, anybody over the the cases <laughs> I was involved with year, years ago. I, I have to admit that uh, things are a lot better. They're also yeah. a lot more transparent. Uh, the they, several recent commissioners made a point of of being much more accountable about particular cases. We have a uh, state child advocate now that uh, investigates and reports on. Uh, uh fatalities and other bad things that uh that happen and some of these things are, are 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 inevitable so i you know i don't uh i don't pound on the department as much any anymore because they are more transparent and they they are doing a mm-hmm. a much better job and as you noted it's a, a terribly uh, difficult and and thankless job but i mm. i what does disturb me is that uh uh state government uh does not Address uh, what I think is the central question uh, here, which is where are all the messed up kids coming from? Yeah. Uh, w- what in public policy is uh, uh, encouraging, facilitating all the child neglect we have in uh, in Connecticut? I, I can t- make some uh, suggestions as to the causes here, but state government doesn't care about that. Uh, it's uh, uh, you know it's it's like uh, <clears throat> the, the solution in state government to uh, to a flooded basement would be, uh, you know, just getting more buckets for bailing. It would never be to repair <laughs> the broken pipe, and uh, uh, you know that's so. That's, that's the problem, really. I have with the, the child welfare situation in kind of, and also, of course, uh, should it really have taken 30 years to fix right, the Department right. of Children and Families? Uh, uh, you know, that's. <clears throat> I think the answer there is obvious.
1: I mean, I, I think, um, I think part of the reason the state doesn't really come on full full force to try to tackle this because they don't want to get involved and and, and part of it is because they can't fix it you and i both know that part of the problem here why so many kids are absent from school failing in school you know a lot of the problem is a breakdown of the family and particularly in the black community where there's a tremendous uh, lack of father fathers and father figures in the family uh it's a it's a generational problem it goes on for decades and decades and decades and that's not really something the state's good at. That's something that you know I think churches could be better at. I think churches could play a, a better role. Churches, synagogues play a better role in that in terms of helping helping families. But uh, this is a this is a a problem that's that's been going on for for years. And in in, in mostly cities, inner cities, we know that. But that's not something the state's going to jump in. That's not the, the state wants to talk about for fear of of offending the the people that vote for the politicians that support boredom.
2: Well, there 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 are state policies here that facilitate childbearing outside marriage, and you know I think they really should be should be examined. But uh, there's there's no political courage to uh, to examine examine that, and uh, no matter how high the correlation between fatherlessness and and you know troubled uh, child lives is, uh, state government just won't. Look at that! Uh, you know, part part of it is that you know people are afraid of being called racist for noting the sure. racial disproportions and and uh, and bad results here. Uh, but you know, I I don't think you can blame any any particular uh, group of people here except uh, except legislators. Uh, we uh, we tell people it's all right to have children outside marriage, and we we subsidize what is really the worst yeah. antisocial behavior there there is, which is which is child neglect. Uh, you know kids kids need two parents in the home. Uh, uh, poverty is a matter of in many cases uh, if not most it's a it's a matter of uh, of having only one parent not uh, not two and until we until we address that uh, we're going to need a department of children and families.
1: Well, I never I'll never forget the study that came out years ago and not that many years ago, I would say the last 5 or 6 years. And uh, and it said clearly the safest place for kids to be, is in a two-parent home. Now, not that there's not problems, not there's, a, but I I tell people all the time when it, like issues of divorce, if you've got kids, you got to think long and hard about what you're doing to your kids, and and maybe it's time to put on your big boy pants, your big girl pants, and fix this thing and work it out if if for no other reason for the sake of the kids i mean nobody ever came to me and said hey you know i want to get married on july 2nd uh, 2022 and on on october 14th 2026 we're going to get divorced i mean nobody ever came to me and said that right it's never a plan but it but i think people get i think the whole concept of people living together it, it's too cavalier i don't think people consider it enough i don't think people consider sometimes marriage enough i think they into it too lightly and then and then they have kids and then the kids end up being the victims and it, and it infuriates me when it happens but what are you gonna do I mean you just can't uh, can't make people do stuff can't make them behave properly you know it's just yeah. they're gonna do what they're gonna do
2: well you know I' <clears throat> I'm totally libertarian about people's personal lives uh, I think the the public interest the state interest the government interest here is how children are treated if you're gonna have kids you have to devote yourself to their welfare and, uh, you know, make sure they are well cared for and, uh, you know, well guided until they are able to go off uh, on their own. Right. And, uh, you know, the the social studies data shows that, uh, you know, it it usually works when you've got two parents and, you know, an extended family looking after the the kids. You can't have enough people watching over you, uh, you know, to... To, to love you and, and guide you. I wouldn't go so far as uh, <laughs> to quote Hillary. Or, uh, Not the village, no, please don't, don't, uh, don't but, do it, Chris. You know, with, you, know, <laughs> you know, you know, parents and grandparents and, uh, you know, uncles and aunts, uh, that, that'll do pretty, pretty well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it can, and sometimes that, it has to. Yeah, you know, when you don't have that support system, you're, you're at, uh, you're at great risk, and, what do we do in connecticut and really you know throughout the country when uh uh you know somebody uh has kids and uh and and, and no no husband uh you know we we subsidize that and and, and in fact Everybody knows that. But look, when when you and I were growing up a uh, hundred years ago, uh, you know, for you, y- <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> young men were were terrified yeah. about getting their girlfriends quote in trouble. And, of course, uh, that you know was. Uh, was, was a that's the worst,
1: that's the worst thing war. you can hear, right? I'm pregnant. That's like the worst possible nightmare for a young guy. Yeah.
2: Well, that was a greater fear <laughs> than nuclear war, and now yeah. it's no big deal because <laughs> uh, right. everybody knows that, oh, well, you know, you, you, you get pregnant, you're, you you got no uh, boyfriend or husband taking care of you. Uh, that's okay. Government will take care of it. And you know what? Government, government will you know, we'll feed you and give you a Section 8 voucher, and sure. you know some you know medical insurance that you know not, not every doctor will take. And uh, but you know, it's it's a life of poverty, and you know just as important, it's a, it's a life of of parental neglect. Uh, you know, it's it's hard enough to for two people to take care of a child. I mean, sure. for one person, it's it's even worse. And yet, Connecticut's full of households of uh, women. Who have uh, you know three and four kids by three or four different men? Well, but, but we
1: uh, promote mean, that, Chris. We promote it. But we promote it by dodging moral questions. We promote it by incentivizing financially those kinds of circumstances. I mean, you have you have every single day parentless kids developing here. We just had it last week in Meriden. There was a woman shot, murdered, outside of her apartment building by a boyfriend, I don't know who it is, domestic violence, murdered, shot multiple times, Teenage kid, two little kids. Now they're with, with thank God for grandma. Thank God for grandma. But grandma's not all, as young as she was anymore to be taking care of these kids. This is the problem. And and I and I honestly, I mean I know you're a libertarian. I, I respect that. I I lay this mostly at the feet of the church. Because too many times churches are afraid to address moral issues because they don't want to upset people because they're gonna leave. They're gonna go. They won't stay around. And we turn our we turn a blind eye to people shacking up. We've been doing it for fifty years. We don't address the issue, and then we let it go. So and then now you see this complete breakdown of the family that's causing kids to have just be in absolute. I mean, I have to say for the DCF people that I've worked with over the years, I've worked with some really good people. The casework I would not be a DCF caseworker. You couldn't pay me enough to do that job. I've got people in my church that work DCF, DCF, good, good, loving, caring people. I don't blame it on the state. I blame it on on the family and I blame the family disintegration on the church. But that's that's just me.
2: Well, look, you know, if if you can get them into the church, you know, maybe, maybe you can talk to them. I, I blame the government because you know the government facilitates this with the money. It is the money. Uh, this, you know, government has decided that it is cheaper uh, to uh, uh, pay people. To have children outside marriage than it is to take the kids and put them into a group home or put them up for, for adoption, and it may look cheaper, you know, superficially, but yeah. the long-term consequences exactly uh, are, exactly. are d- disastrous. All these disturbed kids, uh, all these unhappy <laughs> lives, all these unhealthy lives, because there's a huge link between between this and 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 medical problems. Uh, this is a, a, a catastrophe.
1: Well, it is it is and I see it every day and it, it's heartbreaking to me I, I just you know I, again I you know have no idea how much trouble I'm gonna get in because I just went on that non-marriage rant oh my gosh <laughs> but I just I just feel like it, it's a fixable problem it, it's not a it's not a fatalistic oh we can't do anything about a it, problem it's fixable it may take a generation of people to fix it but it's a fixable problem and I'm hoping I'm hoping the younger generation is starting to tune into this, the people who are the victims of parents that got divorced, parents that wouldn't stay together, parents that never got married and split up anyway, I hope those kids now are going to become responsible Else, responsible parents, they'll consider the gravity of what it means to be, to bring a child into the world, and they'll be, they'll be parents, and they'll stick it out, and they'll make it work. I hope that's going to be out, because I just don't have any faith in government, Chris. I have no yeah. faith in government at all.
2: Well, I, I blame the government, Well, because I think it's the, the, the subsidies here that d- determine the conduct. Without the subsidies, the conduct wouldn't happen.
1: Well, they were doing this before there were subsidies, Chris. You know, people well, no, were acting, we people we were acting badly have... before there were subsidies.
2: Well, yeah, yeah, but we didn't have the, the institutionalization of no, not like outside not. marriage right. before right. the subsidies came along. I Absolutely. mean, I, I've seen so many cases where you you, you have a, a single woman taking care of, you know, two, three, four, five kids, yeah. uh, and it wouldn't have happened if the state wasn't giving her money every month. mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: No, you're right. You're right. I mean, there's a, there's a strong case to be made for that. But don't forget, there's a lot of job security in poverty. There's a lot of people working and having jobs because people are poor.
2: Yeah, there's – there's <laughs> poverty is an, is, is an industry. It's an industry. And, and listen, an industry. you know, men know this. Uh, you know, I don't want to blame just the women. Men know this perfectly well, too. They, they know if they impregnate somebody and then abandon her, that's okay. The government's going to take care of I mean, it. I mean, I blame the men
1: more than I blame that. the women, quite frankly, because I think the men – the men will do anything they can. Men have one thing on, in their mind most of the time. The men will do anything they can to satisfy what they need to have satisfied. And then they, it's, oh, well, I don't have any responsibility for this. Yeah, They're the hands off.
2: Well, not For the most part, the government will not come after them for, for child support. No, we'll no. no there's
1: a bunch of deadbeat dads out there. Oh, gosh. Okay. Chris, we have to go. Thank you for coming on today. I hope, hope I didn't get you too fired up. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> no, I,
2: I hope I hadn't depressed you too much.
1: So. No, we're good. We're good, Chris. Talk, talk to you next
2: week? Thank you very much, right. yes. Thanks, Chris. Bye-bye. All right, we'll take a
1: break, come back, and uh, more of your calls, 800-966-9842, 860-522-9842, uh, right here on The Will Morales Show. Tuesday edition of the Wilmer Marati Show. We'll be right back.
0: His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt, Hi-ya! and even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the three percent annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed Premium Online Savings Account, your goal of supporting his dreams—thanks for everything, Mom and Dad—will always be worth it.